This episode is brought to you by 2 Before Performance Nutrition. 2 Before is a natural sports performance supplement made from New Zealand blackcurrant berries. There's a growing body of evidence behind these berries for improving endurance and kickstarting recovery. With a sweet and tangy berry flavor, you can mix it in water, juice, sports drinks, and smoothies. For optimal results, drink daily 30 to 60 minutes before training. Use code INDIANA30 online at 2before.com for 30% off 20-pack products and free shipping. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Indiana Runner podcast. My name is Josh Puccinelli, and this is my portion of the podcast where I sit down with some of the best coaches and athletes from around the state, past and present. We discuss the highs and lows of their running or coaching journeys, the key insights they've gained along the way, and often dive into the bigger picture beyond the course of the track, the things that make them human, not just elite runners or coaches. The following is a conversation with 2014 Eastbrook grad Sophie Seward. Sophie was a one-time state qualifier in track in the 3200. Upon graduation, Sophie joined the Mountaineers of Western Colorado. At Western Colorado, she was once All-American across country, twice All-American indoor, once All-American outdoor, multi-time conference champion, and multi-time national qualifier. Before graduating undergrad in 2018, Sophie tried her hand at the marathon and found immediate success, running 238-37 and qualifying for the Olympic trials. Sophie has since lowered her PR to 233-21 for the fourth best time by an Indiana high school grad qualified for next year's Olympic trials, and has aspirations of breaking the 230 barrier. During this conversation, we talk Sophie's introduction to the sport, the different roles running has played in her life, overcoming injury setbacks, running for a small school, lessons learned about training, making the decision to go to Western Colorado, turning down a walk-on spot at Wisconsin, adjusting to a new city, school, and team, the race that gave her the confidence that she belonged, her journey in the marathon, where life has taken her since undergrad, including what she's been learning about sleep while getting her PhD in a concentration under the topic of sleep, and much more. Sophie, all throughout her journey, has continued to bet on herself. With the help of key mentors, friends, and family in her life, Sophie has developed from a good high school runner to one of the best marathoners Indiana has ever produced. When Sophie commits to something, she goes all in and is going to give nothing short of her best effort, no matter the result or setbacks. As always, thank you all for supporting this podcast. We couldn't do it without you. Hope you all enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Without further ado, I give you Sophie Seward. All right, Sophie, welcome to the Indiana Runner podcast. How's it going? Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And like we were saying offline, I think it's so awesome that you are making this podcast accessible to high school students. And I think this resource is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate the kind words. Um, so you are you living in Colorado now? Yes, I am doing my PhD in Fort Collins, Colorado, and I just did the math, and I've actually lived in Colorado the longest of any state. Um, oh, no way. So, yeah, this is my 10th year in Colorado, and I love it. Does it feel like home? It does. Yeah, it totally does, but so does Indiana, so it's it's sort of um, both places feel like home. Yeah. Is your family still here? Yes, everyone is um, in Indiana, a little bit spread out throughout the state, but everyone's, everyone's here. Okay, cool. And so are you, you said you're back home in Evansville or? Yes. Um, my yeah. sister runs for the University of Southern Indiana. So mm-hmm. I'm visiting her and then we'll head uh, back to Rochester um, later this, later in the week. Okay, cool. Does it feel, feel good to be back? Feel a little weird? Yeah, I love, love the sea level. Definitely. Because <laughs> what's the weather like in Colorado right now? Is it pretty similar? It's pretty similar. Um, It's 
the it's kind of funny like when the sun comes out all the snow will melt so we never have any snow past 2 p.m um but other than the sun it's basically the same okay cool well we start off each podcast with what's called tear talk a little icebreaker we rank our top three in a certain category and this one feels really random thought of it earlier in the week but if you could only consume one of these three things music and podcasts like lumped together books or tv and movies for the rest of your life like that's exclusively what you could do how would you rank the three do you want to go first or you want me to go how about you go first okay um this is kind of indicative of how i consume these now um and i kind of like leveraged the first for the third but number three for me is books um i do read <laughs> not not like i don't know i try to nightly get at least 10 15 minutes of, of reading and just like wind down um for the night so i would miss reading but with my number one, I think I could kind of, you know, put them together. Um, so number three is books. Number two, TV movies. I I don't watch a ton of TV or movies. Um, I basically exclusively watch Jeopardy <laughs> or Jeopardy with my girlfriend or uh, sports. So maybe to, like I, I don't know. I've I've watched a few like television series and. Like obviously I've seen movies in, in theaters, but not super often. So sports would be pretty tough to give up, but the rest of it, I think I could, could live without. And then number one is music and podcasts. Um, I just, most of my life, I feel like is, whether it be, I'm a person who, if I'm running, I'm listening to music or a podcast or in a car or working just so much of my life, I feel like is with a with song on or with a podcast on and i've recently so i had audible i don't know if you've heard of audible before um before and i kind of got away from it but i learned i was kind of aware of this but not really but really dove into um audiobooks on spotify they have like a pretty big library um so i've been listening to, to some books on spotify which has been cool like I I enjoy a long form podcast so I feel like it's kind of like that on steroids so I've really been enjoying that and so I feel like that'd be a way to get get my books in you know so those those that thing that's how I would rank it what about you oh yeah um let's see my order is just slightly different than yours but agree with with your podcast comments um I think for me, number three would probably be TV and movies. Although I, I like TV and movies, um, I feel like I value the other two just a little bit more. Um, I think for number two, number one and two are close for me. I think I'm going to say books. I love reading, especially before bed. I think it really helps me fall asleep. Um, but I think I really like the accessibility of podcasts uh, when I'm driving and I just did the drive from Colorado out to Indiana. And so listen to a lot of good music and podcasts. So I, I think that's how I drink it. Okay. So for TV and movies, is there like a show or a genre of TV or movie that would be tough to give up? 
Well, that's tough. My boyfriend and I have been watching um, Scrubs. And so I probably, uh, probably something like that, like something laid back, just 30 minutes of your times. I think yeah. that's a nice way to wind down sometimes after work. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So we'll move to car talk. It's our second icebreaker. Basically just of it is thoughts you have while you're driving, running, the times that you're alone. Um, so mine... I'll go with the one that I wrote down. I've been thinking about something different as of late, but um, so I've been thinking also, not the thing that I'm thinking of as of late, but earlier in the week, I've been thinking a lot about like just my career and where I want to be the, as I hopefully move up, like what kind of leader I want to be um, to anyone who would be working for me. And just thinking about, the good like bosses and leaders I've had in the past, like what there are a bunch of things that, that made them good. But one thing I think that tied them together was like their ability to empower me, like to a, like give me the tools and training and know how to do my job well, but also like the trust and encouragement to like take ownership of, of what I'm doing. And I don't know. I, I feel like a good leader just makes you feel like comfortable in your role and like empowered to do as much as you can with it. So just like pondering on that as I'm running or driving, um, I don't know, just envisioning. I mean, I feel like leadership takes many forms. You don't have to have the title to be a leader, but as the capacity grows, hopefully like what I would want to be, you know, to people who would work for me. So that's my serious one uh less serious especially like around the holiday seasons just it's crazy what amazon has become um i don't know just thinking back to the early days even like when just getting things in a week or, or two weeks was like pretty crazy like you anything you could everyone was at your fingertips but now now with like next day shipping like when things take like two or three days you're like what's going on <laughs> like this is this is crazy um I just couldn't imagine like seeing the the data on how much they're they're shipping and, and moving right now. So just thinking about the, the craziness of Amazon for the holiday seasons. I but, absolutely uh, agree. I wonder how long like shopping will be obsolete and everything will just be remote. Yeah, like in-person shopping? Yeah. Like will there be any sort of mall or anything? I wonder. Yeah, for sure. Cause you like, do you do any in-person shopping? not often honestly <laughs> yeah it feels like more like a, a thing to do you're not I don't know because obviously if you wanted to get something you could easily do it online it's not necessarily like the ease of it but it's like something to do I guess <laughs> like that's yeah. the only real reason it's still around but yeah what uh what about you have you been thinking about anything the past couple of weeks yeah I think my more serious thought was prompted by this podcast, but I've been thinking a lot about running and sort of how I view running as it's a relationship and how much it's evolved throughout the time that I've I've been running. Cause I can think back to the middle school when I first got into it. And then, you know, moving into like collegiate running and then now post-collegiate. I think that um in every stage, running has sort of this like new, ever-evolving meaning for me. And it's beautiful in every context. And so I think 
just diving into to that has been fun um, to think about. And then yeah. I think for less serious, hot take, but people that wear socks when they're sleeping are weird. <laughs> really? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Does your feet get cold? <laughs> I don't like them. If I sometimes if I fall asleep with socks on, they're off by the time I wake up. No, really? Consciously, yeah. <laughs> what like what if your feet poke out of the covers? Aren't you like freezing? I don't know. No, we gotta let them be loose, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Live their lives. <laughs> that is a that's a pretty hot take. I I'm like pretty 50-50. Like I I don't know, sometimes I take them off, sometimes I don't, but so yeah, see so you there's no way you're sleeping with socks on. No way. Nope. <laughs> wow. Um, so I'm curious, just expanding on your, your serious thought, like, and obviously we're going to get more into your story, but as far as like the, your relationship with running, like what, at like a high level, I guess, like what trajectory has it, has it been on and maybe what does it look like today? Yeah, I think originally running was a tool to make friends. Um, I moved in middle school. And so joining the cross country team was my way of meeting people. Um, and then that sort of evolved to be this competitive platform to, you know, for self-improvement and sort of trying to reach uh, my potential in running, which it still sort of is. Um, but I think more recently, it's been a way to connect to nature and even help like grieve and think through processes. And um, it's also been helpful as our worlds are ever changing. Running's been sort of this constant, even though the dynamic of it changes. For me, running's always been a a constant source, and there's not a lot of things in life that are constant. So I just really appreciate um, both how it's constant, but then the relationship is also evolving. Um, I just think it's a really powerful dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess going back to the beginning, then initially it was a source of of making friends. You moved in middle school. You said. Um, so that was your introduction to running was post move. And where did you move from? Yeah. So I lived in Wisconsin until the sixth grade and the school I moved to in Indiana in the sixth grade, it was still in the elementary hmm. and maybe the first week of class, we did the school mile and I sort of just happy circum or luck, I guess, is that the gym teacher uh, was a former cross country runner. And so when she saw me run the mile, uh, she said, hey, you ought to think about the cross country team. And honestly, I didn't even know what a cross country team was. And so, um, you know, after she continued to encourage me, I went out uh, for the middle school cross country team, which required a, taking a bus. Um, and the cross country coach who is now one of my favorite mentors and coaches of all times, but he was this real tough guy. And he said, uh, you know, you're two weeks late to the start of practice. We'll just see if you're good enough to make it. And so um, I kind of came in with that, like, I have to prove myself to be yeah. on the team, even though a week ago, I didn't know what cross country was. And so I think that, um, you know, that was my original start, but quickly I got to meet, you know, some of those wonderful people, as I'm sure everyone in cross country would agree that cross country runners are awesome. And, um, and eventually that became 
such a wonderful resource because I got to meet seventh graders and eighth graders. And then when I did make that transition into the middle school building the next year, I already had friends. And I remember that being um, just really special. Yeah. So did he actually like put you to the test or was it kind of just trying to scare you a little bit? Again, I was so naive, but we went out for our first run, which I didn't realize was an easy run. And I, I, uh, got first place on the easy run. And I remember I came home from practice and told my parents, yeah, I won practice. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next day was a hard day. And I, I realized I wasn't winning practice, yeah. <laughs> but after that, my coach said I could stay. <laughs> nice. So initially it was, it was meeting people, building those relationships. Um, did you enjoy running right away? Or did you like the actual <laughs> running part? That's a, that's a good question. I think uh, initially running was really hard and I, you know, I think every runner can agree that running is just a hard thing to do. Um, so it took, there's definitely a learning curve to enjoying it. Um, but I think it, it was really quick to, even if I couldn't talk in a run, I could hear other people talking to each other. And so just sort of being in the presence of that camaraderie was special early on. And then eventually I got to be a part of it when I could talk and run at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how that happens. Um, so you decided to stick with it. I'm sure a lot of it was like the relationships you had built, the people you knew. Um, was there a point where like, okay, I'm going to stick with this, but I also like want to try to get better too. I want to see, like, was there a shift at, at any point? This episode is brought to you by Olipop. Olipop is a healthy and delicious alternative to soda. Available in 14 flavors, including cherry vanilla, cream soda, and my personal favorite, classic root beer, Olipop combines prebiotics, plant fiber, and botanical extracts to support your digestive health with less than 5 grams of sugar and 45 calories in each can. Indiana Runner Podcast listeners can get 15% off at checkout with code IRPODCAST15. If you'd like to support the podcast and are looking for a healthy and delicious alternative to soda, check out Olipop today. Yes, so again, very naive, but at the time, by the end of my 6th grade year, I was sort of with these other two girls, uh, anywhere between first, second, and third on our team. And we did the um, middle school state meet, which is, I think it's just a club uh, a race in Carmel that you can run. And our team in the small school division, uh, I think placed fourth, if I'm remembering correctly. And so I think that was the first time that my coach said, you know, you're our top three runner on a fourth place team. And I think that sort of resonated that, hey, like maybe I'm doing okay, even though I wasn't always at the front of every practice. Yeah. Um, how was the transition to high school? A little more serious running? Well, as you'll probably see throughout my uh, running career, the further the distance, the better it turns out for me. <laughs> so I think the, the 5K was absolutely a game changer in my running career. Um, you know, I did all that. I trained all summer and with, there was one senior that I was training with all summer and, um, you know, it was intimidated by the 5k and it was the first meet of the season. 
that um, we did our first 5k and I realized okay I think that the 5k is going to be better than the 3k yeah um did you like did you do other any other sports growing up like did you I don't know were you doing any other things at this point yeah so um I was a big soccer player and then I also played basketball in the winter and played some softball uh, but yes I played soccer all the way until high school and then my high school didn't have a soccer team and so that's at the um when I decided to then do cross country um but I did basketball throughout high school as well um until my junior year and then I just focused on running the last two years okay so would you train over the winter or were you just doing basketball I would try to um Luckily, my basketball coach really believed in running as a part of training. And so that benefited me quite a lot. Um, but especially my junior year when I decided not to play basketball, that's where really when I started training heavily during winter. Okay. Um, was it tough giving up basketball your junior year? Or did you know that's what you wanted to do? It wasn't. And the reason I say that is because I was getting to the point where I had to make varsity. Um, and I I don't, I was sort of maybe not quite ready to do that. And so um, I really thought I might be sitting on the bench more than I was playing. And at that point, I'd rather be running than sitting on the bench watching other people play basketball. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Um, so you went to a smaller school. Uh, what were kind of the you know, pros and cons, I guess, or what were the maybe more challenging things of going to a smaller school or more rewarding things? Yeah, so something that's really unique about Indiana running is that we're in this one class system, and that's uh, really unique. Not many states are like that. And so as a small school runner, it's really difficult to make the state meet. And in fact, I never made the state meet in cross country in high school. Um, and I think in large part because there is that one class system. Um, and I think that there's pros and cons to that setup. I think that, you know, a pro is that there's a lot of pride. And when people win state, they win the entire state, where in other states, if you, it's called states actually, like plural, because mm -hmm. if you win, you've won your division of that state. And so I think that um, now I have a lot of pride talking about the process, but I think when talking to um, people that, you know, maybe have very similar high school times and they would talk about placing really high at state and and I had never gone they it always shocked people like you've never made it to cross-country state um so you know it's just a fun perspective uh post-collegiately but all in all I think that a small school is it was nice because um my team was small and we were really close to each other and I think I learned that you know you don't have to be a fast runner to be a really impactful leader and contributor to a team. And so I think that being on a smaller team really instilled that in me. And I don't necessarily equate the fastest runner as the person I look up to the most. Hmm. Yeah. So being, especially like later in high school, you were like on the right day, you definitely could have made it to state and cross country. Was it like, what was kind of your mindset at the beginning of the season knowing like, you know, I, I could make a state. It's not going to be the easiest task in the world. Like, was it, 
don't know, encouraging, discouraging, motivating? Wait, what was kind of the mindset? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it's bringing back some past uh, heartbreak, honestly. <laughs> but I remember, um, you know, I always had a really strong belief that I belonged at state. And I would train really hard in the summer, probably a little too hard in the summer. And I would always come into the start of cross country season, guns a blazing, you know, I was going to make state this year. Um, and I think, you know, by the time the tournament season came around, it, sometimes that sort of had come back to bite me. Um, it's also hard because, you know, I wanted to help our team make it to the you know next rounds. Mm -hmm. And so there was sectionals, regionals, semi-state and then state. And so I, I was sort of having to peak uh, at every single one of those levels to make sure I made it through, but also my teammates. And so it was really challenging to figure out the best way to peak and you know you can't you can't sit out of a meet or your team isn't going to make it to the next level um and so I think you know that coupled with I was still so new to training and just figuring out how it all worked that I found myself uh, often burned out towards the end of the season but still um, at semi-state you know those were some of the hardest moments realizing you know I was one or two spots off of that goal that I've been working so hard for yeah. So you'd mentioned earlier, like the the pride of being a, a one class day, like it's you wouldn't say you win the whole thing. Um, but in those moments where you were, you know, on the outside looking in, was it frustrating? Like, man, if this was a class, a class setup, I'd be doing way better kind of thing. Or did that cross your mind at all? Yeah, I think um, it did. I know. So in indoor state, which I always participated in, it's separated into small school and large school. And I had placed uh, top eight, I think, or all state in indoor in the small school division. And so sure, I, there were, were there were those feelings of frustration that, you know, I really felt like I belonged at a state level meet. Um, but, you know, now I'm glad, honestly, which is it's taken me a long time to feel this way. But now I'm glad to have been in environments like semi-state with all of those high caliber runners and many who are on this podcast, which is awesome, um, because those really prepared me for college national meets and, you know, Olympic trial meets that I later got to run in the future. And so I think just being in those environments was special and I have gained a new appreciation um, from this new, you know, further out perspective that I have now. Yeah. So your senior year track, you break through, make the state in the 3200. How did that feel? How was that experience? It was incredible. It felt, you know, it felt like what I should have been able to do all along. There was sort of this sigh of relief, like finally, like I can do this. I've been telling myself I could. And, you know, my coaches have been telling me I could do this and my family and my teammates and finally, you know, I can say that we did it. And that was such a special feeling. And I think, you know, one of the most special parts is I had maybe 20 teammates come and they had made these shirts up, like said, go Sophie, like make it awesome. and all these signs. And so just celebrating with them after the fact, it just really felt like we did this uh, accomplishment that we had been working on for years. Yeah. So I'm sure you had your eyes set on, on making the state your whole career. Did it feel like what you expected it to feel like when you made it? 
I think so. And, and if anything else, it was maybe um, more special because it was, it took so long to do it. Um, and like I said, you know, I think running initially could feel sort of selfish, but then when I turned and saw how excited my whole team and, and family was for me, that made the moment a lot more special um, and it made it very meaningful. You mentioned training hard over the summers, maybe a little too hard. Um, what did your training look like throughout high school and did it evolve in any way? Yeah, so throughout high school, um, we had a series of coach changes. I think every year in, in track, at least, we had a different coach. So um, I think the best way to describe it, it was a little bit sporadic um, with how we approach training. Um, but we had this running program that we named energy, um, throughout the summertime and it was a community running. So lots of people's parents came or even some of our rivals would come and train with us over the summer, um, which was actually ended up being really fun. And then I tried to go to as many running camps as I could, um, because I really wanted to be a learner of the sport and figure out how do I be successful? And so I did, the all-star camp I ran, I did a camp in um, Wisconsin, and then I did a camp in Colorado, which ultimately helped me make my college decision. But I think that, you know, overall in the summer, it's probably starting in July, uh, I would start doing workouts. And again, I'm not recommending this because it didn't work out for me super well. <laughs> but then, um, you know, every chance I could, I would race because I had this perspective, the more you race, the better you get at racing. Um, and so, yeah, I would race very, very often <laughs> in the summertime. Yeah. Were you making a lot of those decisions on your, your training and racing and things like that, especially over the summer? Yes and no. So um, my, I think at one point I, I told my dad, I want to be great at running. And he, as just a wonderful and supportive dad was like, okay, let's do it. I'll help you. And um, he has, he did baseball all throughout high school. And so running was new to him as well. And he started reading, he bought all the books, the Jack Daniels books and uh, <laughs> the linear books, all, all the different books you can read about running. And so um, he really helped me develop training plans over the summer and, you know, in the off times. Uh, but I think it was really special because it was a way to bond and also just troubleshooting together and learning it together was a really special experience. And I'm glad that we got to do that because now I feel like I'm more um, educated in different training philosophies. And, and also I'm not so stuck on like, there's only one way to be successful because mm -hmm. I think there's absolutely not. And I think that runners benefit from changing their running stimulus throughout their career. Um, so I'm, I'm thankful for that. Yeah. So are you, are you the kind of person that like when you set your your mind to something, you want to be as best as good as you can be the best version of yourself at that thing? Like have you always been like that? See, I this is a funny, I my boyfriend and I were just talking about this, and I never really viewed myself that way, but he said sort of in passing, you know you're a perfectionist, right? <laughs> and <laughs> um, and when he said that, I started to reflect and thought, oh, that's absolutely true. Um, yeah, when I, you know, I don't commit to everything, but the things I do commit to, I a hundred percent commit to, and it's really, um, you know, self-driven of how good can I be at this? Um, and so not just in running, you know, in school as well, 
Um, I've just found avenues that, you know, when I really find a passion for something, I just want to see how far I can take it. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely the same way. Yeah, <laughs> that's you, good. <laughs> would you agree that like the maybe the dark side of that is like you're your harshest critic? Absolutely. Yeah, I always tell everyone uh, that no one could be harder on me than myself. Yeah, for sure. I yeah, they're so obviously we're doing a podcast right now. Um, I feel like every time after I finish an episode, I'm like, oh, I could have done this better. I could have done that better. I could have said this or that. You know, it's just like, I don't know. It's so easy. And in hindsight, it's 2020 to, to criticize yourself. But yeah, it's interesting to hear that. So to wrap up your high school career, you're, you're looking forward to the next phase of life. Um, did you know you wanted to run in college? Was that always a goal? Was that always in the picture? I I think not. Um, when I think back, I didn't have I didn't have a lot of examples of people that ran in college, and so I didn't know how to go about the college recruiting process. Um, and so again, with a lot of help from my dad, we we really tried to figure out um, what it takes to run in college, who I should talk to. Um, I said hundreds, probably maybe hundreds. That might be a little bit of an overestimation. But I sent a lot of emails to coaches trying to um, figure out if anyone would, you know, want someone that hadn't made it to state and cross country and only once in track. You know, if I was the caliber runner that could could make it. Um, but when also, you know, another thing that comes to mind is I got a, I had a stress fracture my uh, senior year of high school. And that summer I was really having a breakout summer. And I, I got to run a couple early meets that really indicated that I was in, you know, the best, best fitness of my life. And then I got injured. And I think that injury was the first huge obstacle I had because that was the first time I had to decide, do I really like this? If, am I willing to, um, you know, figure out how to overcome an injury mm-hmm. And so I think that getting through that was, you know, the first time that I realized that I really did want to continue running, even in not ideal um, situations. And that, that, you know, that hurt the recruiting process because that senior year is really key uh, for coaches to, you know, to gain their attention. And so um, I think that somewhere in my senior year, I wanted to at least give it a shot and, see if anyone would take take me if you'd like to continue listening to this episode of the podcast you'll need to subscribe to our patreon at patreon.com forward slash indiana runner once you do you'll get access to all full-length episodes of the interview portion of the podcast in addition to other subscriber only content including extra content on race previews and recaps book club episodes the ability to ask my guest questions and much more Thanks again for listening to and supporting this podcast. I look forward to connecting with you on Patreon.